Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Receive the word of God, not as the word of man, but as it truly is the word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord be with you. Read it from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any cause whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a male, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together Man must not separate. They said to him, Then why did Moses command that the man give the woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning it was not so. I say to you, Whoever divorces his wife unless the marriage is unlawful and marries another commits adultery, his disciples said to him, If that is a case of man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so, some because they are made so by others, some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it. The Gospel of the Lord. When we give the spiritual exercise of St. Ignatius Loyola, month retreat or eight-day retreat or three-day retreat or exercise of daily life, which can be nine months, uh, one of the things we explain are the uh, the rules for discernment, and um, we have the privilege of uh, having as oblates uh, perhaps the greatest expert in the, the rules for discernment in the country. You know, even the, the Jesuits look to him as the expert, Tim Gallagher, and I was with him. I spent uh, four to five days with him about a week ago in the provincial meeting, and. Um, one of the concepts in spiritual discernment is desolation. Now, desolation, if you go through the rules for discernment, is actually rule four. Rule three is consolation. Rule four is desolation. And they're the easiest rules because they're descriptive rules. Uh, in, um, when you're in school, if you learn how to write, the first... The first essay you learn how to write is description. You know, how can you describe a ball or an apple? I mean, I remember 60 years ago, that's who we 
started to learn how to write by describing something. That's about the easiest way to write. So these are probably the two easiest rules for discernment, three and four. They're descriptive rules. And what is desolation? Uh, lack of faith, lack of hope, lack of love. You see, feel sad, you feel depressed, you feel drawn to earthly things. You feel that life is uh, kind of like you're in a dark tunnel. Kind of like in a, like in a dark tunnel or a... Or a um, Charles Dick, Charles Dickens novel. You know, you got the misty fog that's hovering upon you. <laughs> we all go through that. So uh, we all go through desolation, whether we like it or not. So the problem is not going through desolation, but what are we supposed to do? That's the problem. And um, Ignatius says in Rule Six four things. Rule. Rule five is no, make no changes in your spiritual program. So if you do a holy hour, or you say your rosary, you, do, you go to mass, or make sure that you don't give up that when, when you're in desolation. Then the next rule, rule six, is he, he, he says four practices. You've got to pray, meditation, a little bit of penance, then examine your conscience. Easier said than done. Because when you're in a state of desolation, you don't feel usually like praying. You probably don't want to do your holy hour. You don't want to give up that chocolate chip cookie, uh, much less the Milky Way bar. And you don't want to examine your conscience because you don't want to see yourself as you are. So that kind of goes against the grain. It goes against the grain. Uh, but if it's done, it's it, it works. It works. But I would say another thing is uh, related to the first reading. So what does Joshua do? Joshua is the one that is replacing Moses. And um, he's pointing out to these people, these rebellious people, are very stubborn, stiff-necked, is call to mind all the good things that God has done to you. When Matt was reading that, a pretty good 12-verse summary, right, of what's happened from Abraham up to Joshua. And that's what it is. It's being a summary of what God has done from Abraham to Isaac and Jacob and then Aaron and Moses and then where he is, where they're entering into the promised land. When you're, when you're in a state of desolation, now this is difficult. You should stop that, stop and thank God for five blessings that he's given to you in your life. Try it next time. You'll probably go through desolation today. And you'll probably remember the words that I've given to you. But thank God for five things. Like the fact that, okay, you, you didn't die during the operation. And that could happen, right? Uh, second, you're able to walk on your two legs. Third is that... Wow, the fact that we're Catholics. Do you know the biggest religious group in this country? Non-practicing Catholics. That's the biggest group. When I was Colette's age, probably 85% of the Catholics went to Mass on Sunday. Probably. Now it's maybe 15 or 20%. And we're among the, the, the privileged few that still do believe and practice our faith. We take it for granted. 
Why are we here and not our brothers and sisters and relatives are not are not here? It's not because of uh, any innate goodness or because of our our intellectual acumen or our good looks. No offense, no? Or because of our sense of humor, no? <laughs> We're not here because of any of those things. We're here because of God's gratuitous gift that he's given us, this gift of faith. And um, I consider one one of the greatest graces I ever had is that, believe it or not, I I, I always liked to pray. You like to pray? I, I, I always liked to pray. Even when I was small, I just, I liked to pray. And I, see, I look in retrospect, uh, what a blessing it was. I remember walking to Ridgewood High up by myself, and I used to pray three rosaries by myself on my fingers, and be, I had to walk 20 minutes, 25 minutes, so why not pray in the way? You know? And I'm, I'm seeing, that was that's pretty rare for a teenager to just be praying three rosaries when he's walking to school, no? So, I think we have to uh, overcome desolation by thanking God. And um, I, I find myself usually in consolation, usually. And one of the reasons why is because I know every day as a priest I can celebrate Mass. So just the thought that I can celebrate Mass, just that thought gives me consolation. How about you? Well, you can't celebrate Mass. But the fact that you can come to Mass, you come to Mass maybe most of the days, just that thought should give you a lot of consolation. So let's um, let's recognize we're going to go through desolation, and usually we sin, what we sin, what's preceded, what precedes us in is desolation. If you look at your sins, no? desolation. We we seek a false god. So let's um, recognize that we're in spiritual warfare. We are spiritual combat, but we're on the winning side. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.